eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Hey, what do you say we do a podcast? We head down the Jersey Shore. We say, what is up to Aldo? What's up, man? How are you? What is up, Jerry? I just tweeted out a, a video that I saw on Barstool Sports that I made me- saw this. It made me so happy a uh, seagull walked into a convenience store and went shopping and got himself a bag of chips and walked right out of the store. It yeah, was so, so great. I think we have uh, figured out where all the debris comes from now. The seagulls are thieves. Yeah, he like he walked in like one of those doors that opens up when you step on the the thing or so, he the door motion is sensor. open or motion sensor. Yeah, he walks in. He doesn't grab the first bag of chips that he sees. He looks for the chips he wants. Yeah. Then takes the bag and walks it right out front. I think it's tremendous. It really is. If if anybody's on Twitter that follows out, it is a tremendous uh, little video. It's very cute, actually. It's just very right. It's very cute. It's very nice to see. Yep. Um, I'm uh, done with. Uh, to uh, I've decided, Jerry, for my own mental health. Okay. No more when the show ends. No more social media for me the rest of the day until. Good for you. It's about and time. Unfortunately. No Carton and Roberts for me. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna have I I have to get away from sports topics, <laughs> yes, and social media. Other than the five hours of the show, an hour before the show, you know what I mean. It's 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 uh, you need harming to my it's harming my in, my mental health. Yeah, I I understand. You are you're consuming a lot more than you ever have, and you don't yeah. like it, and that's a problem. Like you don't like right. the subject matter all that much, and uh, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. I, I'm I'm str- I'm really struggling with sports radio as as a genre over these past uh, year or more. But it's but like it's not really your thing. it's not your thing me. though. I think, and that's part of it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's part of it or if it's that the that the world has changed and sports radio really hasn't. Well, let me ask you this. Have yeah. you, because I still like it, had, were you a Mike and the Mad Dog listener back in the day? No. See, I I listen every day. Right, but for I, hours. But I think it was a different animal back then. Like, I think, I think the shows being four hours long were, first of all, that was adapted from four-hour um, DJ shifts where people were playing 10 and 12 songs an hour and talking, so they made them work four hours on the air. Mm. Never do you hear of four-hour shows. They just don't exist in any other medium other than radio. And Mike and Chris did five and a half. Yeah, Evan and uh, Carton and Roberts do five hours. That's right. But this, I, I think the, I think I've nailed down the problem. If there is a problem, I consider there to be a problem. Is that 
we all have the information now, right? So it's not, so I don't think people go to sports radio for an information source because you've got the information. You see it, if you're interested in it, you see it on Twitter, you see it on social media, you see it on the news, on your phone, like everything's with you. If you really want the information, it's there. The scores, all that stuff. The highlights, you could see the highlights. So then you're so instead of that, the, the the shows are still four hours long, but that big chunk about getting information out is done already. So you don't have that. Then radio really was built on sports radio or talk radio. The talk radio genre was based on having a really strong take and being unwavering and pounding at home, which people really don't do anymore for fear of saying something that will get them fired. So you got that, you're battling that part. I think the callers, the caller volume has certainly uh, lessened over the years. The caller, caller quality has gone down. So you got that. So, and then I don't like to put guests on. So it's almost like I've eliminated all of the things that made these shows four hours to begin with, right? Information, opinions, callers, guests. But things that, right, but also things that you don't like as a sports radio consumer. But but the ratings would also prove me out as well. I, th- I think the guest-wise, guest that's been proven over, over a, for us, a 14-year period, that putting a guest on will, will get you a lower-rated segment. The callers add, they do. If they didn't, we'd put more of them on. I I really don't know why shows continue to do it. If they can look at the ratings, which we can, and see in this fifteen-minute period, we had lower ratings than usual. I just think, as a consumer myself, four hours of two guys talking is too much of two guys talking and four hours of non-wall-to-wall guests, which we see on a lot of sports radio shows yeah. now, is way too much. And I think there's a there's a balance there. And I'm not even saying you need two and three a show. Absolutely not. But I think once in a while to change up the sound of a... And I'm not even saying at this station anywhere. To change up the flow of a show to have some sort of a different element involved, to have a different reason to listen, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I will tell you, the radio station was built, I mean, it's called The Fan because it was supposed to give fans, you know, um, the outlet to call in. And the one show that I will tell you that is interesting, or has been, and now it's gone, has been JJ's show with the calls. I've always told you, I'll never forget the one morning, I mean, how many mornings I filled in now? It's been a lot, and we don't get many calls, and that's fine. I don't morning, know that we took a call today. I don't I don't know. I'm not I sure. I don't if recall you did. taking a phone call. Maybe one, maybe two, not many. But I'll tell you the one show I remember doing with JJ a couple years ago, the phone calls didn't and I'm not saying we took them all. We didn't. But the callers were there nonstop a full bank and the energy like his audience is different. And it's crazy because he's a gambler and maybe that's part of it. But there's a different and has been a different vibe to his show. And it it reminds, and I've always told you this, it reminds me a lot of what Joe used to be and his callers. And, you know, it's not the 85-year-old guy that saw Mickey Mantle play. Right. Which is what we get in the morning. Yeah, and which is interesting to me, too. Um, But that show, to me, was the old-school fan show that I liked. And I thought, I really do think J.J., and I'm I'm sad that he's actually leaving. I think he's done a good job. Um, But it's... It's a tricky business right now in a lot of different ways. I don't I don't know how you get ratings. I don't know how you keep ratings. I don't know what's entertaining anymore, what's not entertaining anymore. It's um and I listen to all of it. I hear all of it. Uh and I'm I am with you too. And the opinions have really been toned down for, for a variety of reasons. But it's um I don't know what the answer is. I don't I don't I also know. think like the the things you're mentioning, the different elements. I I think it's all like if you think most people really get the station that in twenty minute chunks, right? Probably, so, yeah. Right. So if you're putting one guest on a four hour show, you're really doing that to break it up for the host, and not to break it up for the listener because the listener is broken up any on their own. 
Yeah, and you're right because the mornings are probably less listened to because people are going to work. I, to me, when I when I hearken back to my past days, um, I would literally listen to Mike and Chris for two and three hour chunks at a time. Um, so that was different listening habits for me, and then it yeah. would be, I think, for the person. Although I'll tell you this, Al, you know, commuting. I used to, and I know people mock me, but I used to listen to Imus for a solid hour to an hour and a half every morning. Because I had, when I was commuting to school, when I would listen to him, I don't mean high school, I mean college, my commute to college was at least an hour with traffic every right. day. Um, so maybe I'm just different. Maybe I did listen. I, def- I definitely did listen longer. But I don't, now it's, the, everything's changed. I, but I, I just was allowed to have an opinion and a not popular one and still survive. And he did for a while. You're right, for a very long time until the end. Um, when he ended up leaving and going somewhere else after he was fired. So you're right about that. There was, you know what it was, though? And I've said this, too. There was something, and some people would argue, there was a persona that he had, whether you liked him or you hated him. And I've always said this. When you walked in in the morning to the radio station, there was a a feeling of, like, it was an event almost. There was, like, an aura to him. Again, total D-head, you didn't like him, that's fine. But when he walked in, you knew he walked in the room. And I don't know. There was something about... I'll never forget when I was supposed to go in and fill in one morning. Because Sid didn't... Sh- I forget if it was Sid or Warner was Sid. Someone didn't show up or someone was late. And Bernie comes out and goes, Hey, can you put something together? Because I was doing the overnights. And matter of fact, if I remember correctly, was sending taped interviews to Chris Olivero at 1027. <laughs> For the Sports morning, guys. yes, with Craig, who I believe was in that short run working in the morning with I don't Blaine is that the guy's name? Blaine, yeah, Blaine. So I was taping, so I was finishing up taping updates for that show before I could leave. And Bernie comes out and goes, "Hey, you're still here? Can you? The I Man needs you, or whatever. We need you uh, with uh, on the I show. Can you put something together in ten minutes?" Al, when I tell you, I almost crap my pants. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I started putting something together. And I remember, like, do I go in? Am I not allowed to go? What do I do? So I poked my head into the control room. I'm like, all right, I, I can give you something. When do I go in? He goes, I'll let you know. Stand by. Okay, fine. So I'm standing by the door. Probably the most nervous I've ever been. I'm not going to lie to you. I remember I was almost shaking. Like, I, I, I watched this. I'm not ready for this. And right as he pokes his head out, he goes, hey, we're all good. We're just going to blow it off, but hang out. We'll use you next hour. I said, okay, fine. Five minutes later, I think it was, I think Sid was late. He showed up, and I was able to go home. And I was like, oof, oof I, got, I got past that one. <laughs> I felt I the same with Mike and Chris when I got to FAN. I wouldn't go in their control room to yeah. get a piece of copy when yeah. I wasn't supposed to, you know, when I was it wasn't my show in there. There was a definite feeling around that show, too. I agree with you. There's no question. And, again, maybe it's because they weren't very friendly. I don't know what it was. But I guess for me, growing up listening to them, it was like, wow. Like, it's just, okay, respect. Respect the people. Respect the show. And you just stayed away from it. There, at different times. No question. Different times. I, just, I also think, like, with the sports thing, there are certain stories that are printed and, and put on social media that I don't know if the audience is interested in. Like, like in particular, I really don't know – the you know like the Lindor salary situation is that something we're talking about just because there's nothing else to talk about or are we really discussing a guy's not taking 300 million dollars salary you know what i mean like is that just so many times i i hear sports talk show hosts start a segment by going well we really don't want to talk about this but we have to <laughs> you know how many times I've heard that over the years, and yeah, you know, course. if I'm a listener, I'd be like, "Then I don't have to listen to this." And you don't <laughs> want to talk about it, but you feel like you're being forced to. Yeah, I mean, or I when can... we know what the topic is, right? Like, especially, like I feel like I feel like middays gets the worst of it because the topic is beaten to death by 10 a.m. and then in the afternoon, you kind of get some new things that then we talk about the next morning. I feel like poor middays, like they're in the middle of just, there's nothing Moose and Maggie can open with today that we don't, haven't beaten to death already. Yeah, they're I gonna guess. They're going to open up with Lindor. 
Yeah, I think. What the is thing- there to s- and what is there to say? Well, the thinking there is has to be because this would go across all shows. Then is you have to look at your show as the show, and like I've always, someone said to me once, you know, do you especially when I fill in, um, do you listen to JJ or whoever Steve come in? No, I don't. If I'm hosting, I actually don't want to hear from anybody else because I don't want to influence what I think already. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're doing a like if me and you ever. Filled in for Moose and Maggie. Like, for instance, if they asked us to, I don't think there's any doubt we would say yes. If they said, hey, Moose and Maggie can't do today, can we go on from 10 to 1 or whatever the case may be? I think you would say yes. I would say yes. What would you do? I'm putting you in the uh, spot right now. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I don't have an answer to these things. I just know what, to me, doesn't work. But I don't have it. The answer to me is, is a redoing of the entire situation which is you, we can't be doing four and five hour shows anymore it just it doesn't the 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 talent i don't think based on the reality of internet information that's out there all this stuff it, it, it's not possible to do with the limited topics of sports you know, I was just reading in the the Barrett Sports Media. This is the he does. He's like a sports me, a sports radio consultant. He's got guys that that do columns and things. He talked about two different guys that have moved out of sports to go take jobs at morning rock shows because the sports was too limiting. One of them was Ben and Skin that you mm-hmm. know from Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And this guy Josh Innes, who was last in Houston. Okay. Wasn't it his fired, though? I thought he got fired. Oh, he's been fired a million times. Oh, you know okay. why? Because he's got an actual crazy opinion on things that's interesting to listen to, but but the, the companies fire him. Got it. But he's interesting to listen to, but they, people don't want interesting. They want, you know, sort of, I don't know. And as much as... Eh. It's just I don't know why I'm so frustrated about about it. Well, I I don't I don't know either. I do think, and I, I'm not. I don't think this is being rude. I I also don't know that you're the demographic either. But but I've been doing this for here 14 years, and I'm only feeling this way recently. I'm not. Yeah. I wasn't feeling this way prior to my other years. As right. much as I wasn't the demographic. You know, I wasn't a hardcore sports guy, but we're getting more sportsy, I think. Well, the morning show is definitely more sportsy with, with Greg than it was with Craig, mm-hmm. right? I, I think it's more of a sports show, and I think it got that way when Craig left, even before Geo hopped on board. Well, because that's the only way I could do it. Right. There's no And question. Boomer turned more into a sports guy when that happened as well. Sure. You know, Boomer, like, locked down and was like, took charge yeah i mean i've always told you if i you know i can do a show i can't do that show i mean i can do a sports show for you for sure um but there's no way i could sit in there for four hours every day and be entertaining off of without it i just and i'm not even sure i'm entertaining with it (laughs) But, but you know in terms of like the guy talk and stuff like that for whatever reason i can with you i don't know why that is but if you tell me just to take the show and, you know, come up and be creative, that's not me. And I know what I am and what I'm not. And I'm not that. But like what you and I do on the warm up, I'm good with that hour. I don't know what I would do on out in hour number two. I'm out. But I'm we did it already. Of, we did it for I know. five hours. Yeah. And I don't I don't recall. I know it went all right, but I don't recall how we how we got through that. I didn't think it went all right. I thought it went spectacularly like honestly i remember walking out saying that was one of the easiest shows i've ever done now we didn't have we had no guests at all but we did allow a few segments of callers and had fun with them right and we just goofed around and everything started with a sports topic and went off the rails from there but always had i feel like a like kind of like when we talk about you know john tudor <laughs> right like that's a sports topic but really isn't and we're having fun with it in a different way. We're not breaking down RBIs and walks and, you know, and, and things like that. It's not, uh, you know, going through a game log and, you know, what stupid decision the manager made in the seventh inning, which is fun from time to time. But if you have to do it all too often, it's boring and grating on you. I guess these four-hour shows really were based on 
doing guests, doing callers, and doing uh, segments where the hosts just talk, right? And that's how the four hours get. But I guess when you eliminate guests and when you don't put on as many callers, then it really puts all of the uh, pressure on on the back of the host doing it. Oh, sure it can, yeah. Absolutely. I, I've been there, I might, too. Yeah. I might have it's, to rethink this guest and uh, phone caller situation. It's, it's really hard. Like, I've sat there. I've done, as you know, I have filled in with, I mean, so many different co-hosts at this point. And I've had some shows where we took maybe three calls. And not because we didn't want to, because no one called. As much as I would give the number, there was no one calling. And we didn't have any guests. And you sit there and you're, you know, the first hours, the first hour is honestly always easy. It really is. Right. And then you go to break and, and I've had it where I look at seven o'clock and, you know, the sports minutes being run and I'll look down at the show sheet. I'm like, not really interesting. Can't really expand on that too much. Like, whoa, I'm out of material and I've got three hours to go. Right. And, and you feel like you are basically gasping for air. And it's like, man, all right, how do I change this up? And now sometimes it works out. Like there was one time I remember where I think it was I think it was you, me, Kim, and I think Eddie. And by the way, when you and Eddie are involved, m- helps immensely. Like I don't mind, like I like when I'm involved a little bit more than just giving the scores and playing clips because I think it adds a different voice. And then you got everybody's in the mix and it seems like more of a, like a party, if you will. And I think that's a good thing sometimes. But I remember doing that one show with Kim and there weren't a lot of topics, and it was the summertime. We didn't have a guest, not many calls, and we got into that apple cider vinegar segment, which right. to me was one of the funny, and it just happened, or I'm, I certainly didn't <laughs> didn't put that together. It just happened, and it was one of the funnier things with you and her. I don't know. Things like that can certainly happen. The problem is when things like that don't pop up and don't happen, you're really left sitting there staring at one another like, all right, where do we go from here? Right. And how do you further this conversation that we've already talked about three times? Right. That's what I don't like. And I've certainly been there and done that. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out. And you know what's I, another, don't, I don't have it figured out. You know, it's another weird thing, too. And I, this makes no sense at all. But I would rather if I if I had was light on topics and this is going to sound crazy and no guests and no calls. I'd rather be by myself in that case. Really? Yeah, and I'd rather just talk because I can really because otherwise you're kind of trying to figure out how to converse with the other person. And then you almost feel like you're almost interviewing them to try to get them to speak. And I'm not saying it's happened often, but it's happened a couple of times. And you know what? I'd rather no offense to whoever I was with or doing that. I'd rather just talk myself and just you know go like there was one morning you had an issue with uh with your comrex and i had to do i think like 20 minutes by myself yes. on the warm-up and I, it's fine you know what let me just go that's fine and as soon as you're there i'm good to go but i don't i wouldn't have wanted someone to come in and fill in for you for that 20 minutes because it gets weird and awkward and then it's like eh, i'd rather just talk right i don't know strange i know that doesn't make sense but that's how i feel hmm. <laughs> right on yeah, I don't know. I think I just need a break from social media and sports talk in the afternoon. I hear you. As much as I enjoy Carton and Roberts, it's still the same, you know, Mets, Nets. Like it's. Topics are what they are. You're right. Topics are what they are. Right. Can I ask you, let me ask you a question before yes. we go. I know we got to wrap this up. Why did, and I didn't listen to the station, so I'm, I really have no idea. Why did Guy Talk on 1027 not succeed? around Opie and Anthony or when they left why did it die well it all kind of well when um, when when Opie and Anthony got thrown off the air they they didn't really you know really over the years Howard Stern being so popular in the morning and and going on all of these radio stations around the country all of a sudden these rock stations didn't have their own individual morning shows and talent that they could get ready for the next generation. Mm-hmm. So, and then when Opie and Anthony were really that next guys up. And but they were they, popular. They were very popular yep. in the afternoon for a short run. They they did not have a long run there, but they were very popular and could have given Howard a run for his money. They got thrown off the air. 
The company back then didn't want them going across the street to compete against Howard. Not that they would have beat Howard, but they would have taken some of his audience. Mm -hmm. So instead, they paid them to sit out for three years. And after three years, people do forget about you. Sure. And then people were afraid to put them on. When Howard left to go to Satellite, you had all these radio stations that then needed to put on morning shows. And there was not a lot of talent that were, was good at doing that. And then we we put him on, put it on at uh, Free FM and tried to do that in other parts. There just there, there wasn't enough talent that could do it in an entertaining way that could hold an audience. With then the restrictions got tighter because of Opie and Anthony and what they did because Howard was leaving for satellite because he was he was complaining that the FCC was was uh, making it hard to do an entertaining show. Right. So they watered, you know, they wanted the same um, results with a watered down version of hot talk. And you and couldn't do it the same way. Couldn't do it the same way. Interesting. So then, yeah. then all the stations, then it was either you were going to do sports or you were going to do politics. Those were your two options for talk or straight up news like 1010 wins 80. Yeah. And very little in between. Yeah, and I don't know. And now all the the younger talent, they do podcasts. They're not prepared to do twenty hours a week. They're yeah, prepared which is to a do lot. Five hours a week, right? When you're only doing forty five minutes at a time, yeah. As opposed to here's a clock, and now you're going to be on from ten to two. Good luck. Yeah, it's different. Yes. All right. All right, Jerry. Why don't you shut down? Why don't you take one shut last it gander? Down. One last gander at Twitter. Shut no, it I'm down. not even looking. I'm shutting it down. Oh, good it down. for you. All right. Well, Short I would down. I would suggest right yeah. before you go to bed, just check to make sure you didn't miss anything. No, I, well, I do. I do go through the news at night. Okay. But uh, it's this nonsense that I do during the day. Gotcha. Which is stupid, which I have yeah. to stop myself. Go take another. Take the dog for another walk. Oh, she's going for a nice long walk now, Jerry. <laughs> well, go enjoy it. All right, Jerry. We will see you tomorrow. Warm up show good. is next. So. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. And as I always tell you, we try really hard. A couple of minutes after 5 o'clock, it is Wednesday, middle of the week in New York City. Myself and the Eddie Scazzeri down the Jersey Shore, the bald old man by the sea with his beautiful puppy, Whimsy. We find Albert, Marv, Dukes. What's up, dude? How are you? Yes! <laughs> you caught it. Nice. I wish I was named after Marv Albert. That would be awesome. There's a player on Michigan State. His name is Aaron Henry instead of Henry Aaron. So oh. it would be really cool if your name was Albert Marv. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you have a baby boy? Yes. <laughs> well, in your case, no. <laughs> Why was the one of the Alberts named Al Albert? That doesn't make sense. Why not? Albert this Albert. Is, it's weird. Yeah, but there's like Jack Jackson. Al Albert. Yes. Yeah. There's Kenny. I went to school with the Johnny Johnson. Red-headed I'm kid. I'm sure you did. Wasn't Johnny Johnson a running back for the Cardinals, too? Is that right? Could be. Could be a running back from the Cardinals. Does that sound right to you, Johnny Johnson in the Cardinals mid-90s? Different uh, guy, though. Not the guy who I graduated high school. So this you, kid was not athletic at all. So you did not graduate with a future NFL running back? No. There was only one guy in our high school, in my high school class. His name was Gary Battle. He was a basketball player on the high school right. team. He was like the only guy we ever thought would maybe be a professional athlete, but I don't think he. Um, I don't think he did. Got it. At least he's probably. If he made it, he's probably still not in the NBA, as he'd be fifty-one, fifty-two years old at this point. You realize what small amount of players in high school actually make it? Forget the NBA or the NFL; just make it to pro sports. Yeah, not a lot, Jerry. It's probably one one hundredth of like one percent. Yeah. Maybe even less than that. I like when, Johnny Johnson not only played for the Cardinals, played for the Jets, too. Oh, Johnny Johnson for the Jets. Oh, he yeah. was terrific. Yeah, well, he was, he was a good player for the Cardinals. I do remember that. I got to tell you, Jerry, I am ready to come back to work. 
It's been enough. It's been enough. You know how like we, uh, you, uh, when you take a vacation, sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm ready to, I had my break. I had my rest. I'm ready to come back. Yeah. I, I need a change up. I need a major flip flip gimmick going on in my life here. I need to change things up. It's well, enough. Look at it this way. You've been home for 55 or 56 straight weeks. Yeah. Do you realize that you have saved right around $5,000 in tolls? I ha- I have thought of that and as I as I start to contemplate my return and realizing what it costs to travel into the city. And which really nice out, great timing. You come back next Wednesday, next Sunday tolls are going up. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. I saw the sign today, new toll rates oh, April 11th. Yeah, I you gotta I be kidding me. I can't. Well, you I can't have to. with you the Oh, you have no to choice. do it. That's like the worst phrase of all time. I can't. No, no, you, you can, can and you're going to. But I can, Jerry. Well, you are. So I am excited to come back. I'm not saying that a week into it, I won't be like, oh my God, I got to get back home. I can't do this anymore. Right, probably a couple days. Day one. I updated my parking app today. You know, I got a different car since I've, uh, since I last returned to the city. I don't have my orange Tic Tac anymore. I hear you, man. So I changed that up. I had a, I deleted a, a car that I believe you no longer have on my parking app. I mean, these are, <laughs> you don't still have a truck, do you? No, I just got rid of that a year ago, actually. <laughs> I, I got rid of it during ago. the pandemic. I just deleted your truck off of my parking app. Yeah, no reason to have that anymore. Not mine. Yeah. I don't know why this is bugging me, and, and, and I might, maybe, there's a chance I listen to too much sports talk during the day, you know, five hours here in the morning, and then I have Carton Roberts on in the background. When you I'm think doing, that may be a little too much? <laughs> maybe a little too much, because like everything about sports is starting to piss me off. In particular, this uh, Francisco Lindor situation and the money situation. It's absurd. Like, it's really bothering me. Yeah, I hear you. Especially what's really strange and bizarre to me is when you hear guys call into the radio station, and I'm stereotyping based on their voices. You're hearing, like, these blue-collar guys with thick Brooklyn and accents from the Bronx and Staten Island and New Jersey, and you know they're not uh, the richest of the rich. They're, they're not making $325 million. No, they're driving trucks. They're making deliveries. They're blue-collar guys, as we like to call them. Blue-collar guy, yeah. And you're sitting there hearing these guys debate whether the Steve Cohen should pay him $325 million. It sounds absurd to it me. It is absurd. How are you having this conversation? It, like, how is that enjoyable to, like, sports was supposed to be an escape. How is hearing about these salaries enjoyable to discuss? It just it pisses me off. Like I don't want to. I don't want the discussions anymore. I want the. I want them to hide it. Like like entertainers. You, like we really don't. We know they make a lot of money, but we don't really know what yeah. an actor makes. Like I don't know what you're making, Jerry. If you're making three hundred twenty-five million dollars, you don't discuss it every day here on the radio. Slightly less. Well, slightly less. All yeah, right. We won't get less. into specifics. But yeah, then people will be like, "What about Tom Cruise?" I can do the math on Tom Cruise. It's like even when, when people used to discuss and in, 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 in the radio business, keeping it local, uh, Howard Stern makes uh, $100 million a year, right? They're like, could you believe Howard Stern makes? Well, if you do the math on it and you go. Could make the case you should make more. <laughs> right. If you do the math on it and go, well, if Howard even has a million people that uh, listen to him, times it by $20 a month. By a year, like you can do the math on it and go, huh, that's looking like a good deal for them. I can't, and I guess I just can't do the math with baseball. I've never been able to. And, the, and also, I think with baseball, because the owners, like somebody like Steve Cohen, he could be pulling that money out of his own pocket yeah, to well, pay see, the players. And, that's, and the, that's what stinks. That's the, th- well, no, no, time out. That's the risk you run by doing it. And that's why you want a rich owner. What, you know, there's a reason out. And I actually thought about this because I saw your tweet yesterday. Yeah. And I did think about this about, you know, how the players get paid. And you just seem to think it just comes from ESPN paying, you know, getting money from everybody, which is, is not true, especially when you look at there's a reason why the Miami Marlins have no payroll and no fans and never have players that make any money because they don't make a ton from everything else and they don't have owners with deep pockets. The Yankees and the Mets now can absorb it and pay out of their pocket and take losses because they have very wealthy owners. And I don't think it all comes from concessions and a lot does. I'm not saying it doesn't, but if you have owner, why do you think the Dodgers spend as much as they do? Incredibly wealthy owners that don't mind taking a loss. 
Right. You know how like in in football there's a salary cap? Sure. Like I feel like baseball would be better if they if you could only pay your players based on performance. No, not performance. What That's what it should be. Like if you if you uh, keep in the numbers round, let's say uh, you you're as a as a team you have based on your previous year you made an additional five hundred million dollars, so that's your payroll. Like I just I just want sports and everything to pay people based on the money coming in. That's all. Yeah, but if you're taking money out of your pocket, why does that bother you? And I guess from this standpoint, I think it's a competitive thing. What is the most competitive thing in your life, would you say, honestly, that really gets your juices going in terms of winning and losing something? Is there anything in your no. life? All right, how about, how about this? I mean, this is, this is so far-fetched, but you like murder mysteries more than any person I know. Yes. If you had a company that was paid to solve murders... And it got to a point where you weren't making enough to do it, but you felt if you put more money in, you could solve the crimes and you would be known as the greatest crime solver of all time. Yeah. And you had the money to do it. What would you do? I mean, I guess I would pay it, but... Because you're competitive. But and, it but it, but it it removes the competitive balance in baseball. Well, but no, but that's a different... Now, 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 now you're hitting on something. That's a right. completely different conversation and why... You've got the haves and the have-nots in baseball. That's why you will have teams that will... Yeah, I agree. So why don't they change that? Why doesn't Rob Manfred change that? Because you've got owners that have enough to get in, but don't have enough to overspend, like teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers. There's a reason why the Dodgers have been really freaking good for the last decade. But why can't it be like the the most successful sport we all agree is the NFL? Sure. Why don't they? everyone just follow the NFL blueprint? Which is you have a salary cap. Because the players probably won't agree to it. So tell them to get lost. There's no other league. Well, That's what I don't understand. Listen, again, different. You're, you're going in 17 different directions here, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. You're not wrong about that. That's like, kind of like if you don't like what – like Francisco Lindor, if you don't like what the Mets are offering, you don't have to take it. But know this. You may not get the same offer next year, and you may get hurt, which means that 10-year 325, which is so absurd – um, could end up being one year for $25 million next year as a prove-it deal if, in fact, you tear your Achilles this season. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different things. That's the whole um, – you've had NBA players that have – remember, they've threatened to go start a new league. Guess what? They don't. Why? Because right. it costs a fortune to start a new league. That's why when people get on these owners, it drives me nuts because they're the one – you know, it's funny. We kill the owner and, – and Boomer was saying this yesterday. Does anybody tell Steve Cohen how much money he can make or – if Steve Cohen doesn't buy the Mets, you don't have these conversations of these ridiculous salaries. If you don't have an owner that's got deep pockets, you don't have employees that actually pay their mortgage. You know, it's I don't know, man. There's so many different ways you could go with this conversation. And I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I don't think it's a black and white type of question and answer. It's very complicated. I want collusion with the owners. I want the owners to collude. Well, that's not allowed. And, and remember this. I just too. want a salary cap. How about that? I just yeah. want a salary cap. See, all right, you're. I'm split on this because I like the salary cap in terms of allowing every team to be involved, but I don't like the salary cap the way it breaks up teams. Like if you draft really well, all of a sudden you've got great players because you drafted well, but you get to a point where you can't pay them all. That doesn't seem fair to me when you did your homework and drafted a great team. But the salary cap prevents you from keeping that team together long term. You got to pick and choose who you're going to pay and who you're going to let go. Very complicated. It really is. It's complicated. Yeah, but everyone's in that same position. I know, but it sucks. Right, but but at least it's all equal. If you had a salary cap, all right. Here's a good for instance. You if you put a hard salary cap in baseball like the NFL has, and the Mets have Jacob Degrom, Pete Alonso, Dom Smith. And Noah Syndergaard. And let's just say they have all far exceeded expectations. Like, And they're all like on DeGrom's level. They're all awesome. And then you got to make a choice. You can keep two of them. you got to let two go. That, you don't think that sucks after you drafted them? It does suck, but everyone has to do it. And, yeah, and right now, baseball's sucks. not like that. No, baseball is not like that. It is the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I understand. So, like, I don't know why, but it, it ruins the enjoyment of the game for me. Like, I listened to that yesterday afternoon. 
uh, on Carton Roberts. Like I was like, hey, Francis, I don't even know Francisco Lador. And I don't like him already. Right, I you know, already right. don't like He's him. He's not even taken one at bat as a no. real Met or played one inning as a Met yet. Like a and legit I've lost inning. complete interest in him. Yeah, I hear you. It, it, it really does turn you off. I mean, it is. And I, I don't like Steve Summers had a great comment coming in this morning because he for, he was talking about the craziness of these salaries as well. And he's like, you just you can't think about it because it's monopoly money. He goes, he said something along the lines of, he goes, we're talking about $325 million. Pete Alonzo saying pay him $400 million. He goes, what if he made $25 million? He's going to be just fine for the rest of his life. He goes, right. that's how absurd these numbers are. And he's right. Stupid. I agree. Have, and this is interesting too. So Pete Alonzo, who's, oh, give him $400 million. Well, yeah, because you'll be a free agent in a few years, and you're going to want $500 million if you keep hitting home runs. If Francisco Lindor gets this monster contract, he will be making $32.5 million a year. You know how much Pete Alonzo makes? I do not. $600,000. Right, but Pete... Francisco Lindor is going to make 65 times. All right, but meanwhile, Pete Alonso said yesterday to pay him $400 million. I know. I because know he knows his time is coming. That's right. I just said in a few years, he's going to be a free agent, keep hitting home runs. He's going to be looking for half a billion. It's, it's like stupid. When it happens in media too, right? So it's like if Fox Sports pays somebody, Colin Cowherd, $20 billion. Skip Bayless. That was for, a new one. For Fox Sports Network. Fox Sports Network doesn't exist without Fox. So they're paying their bills based on Fox, not Fox Sports Network. Yeah, I guess. I don't understand Same it. with CBS Sports Network. CBS Sports Network wouldn't survive on its own if it was Billy's Sports Network. It survives because... It's <laughs> Billy's Sports Network. Because Big Daddy CBS is paying the bills. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a part of that. I don't know what uh, kind of revenues they so have from annoying. all the live sports they put on and all the... What do they play in the morning? With God the, knows With the Lumberjacks? Well, no, the paid programming. I guess, but I just hear I just that is just as simple. I want the people to be paid based on what their individual thing is bringing in. If I have a coffee shop, I, my employees should be paid based on what my coffee shop is bringing in, not based on what my sub shop is bringing in across the street. Let so, the sub shop people enjoy all that money if that's where all the money's coming from. So when and if you have your coffee shop down the yeah. shore. And you have crazy profits. Just make sure you remember you're going to pay your employees 15 times the previous year when you explode. No, I'm not even asking them to do that. I'm saying I'm not going to pay my sub shop employees based on what my coffee shop is doing. Oh, you're not going to rob Peter to pay Paul. Right. Yeah. What, what You get paid what your sport... Like, you get paid from WFAN based on what WFAN and the Boomer and Geo show brings in. Yeah, I hear you. You don't get paid based on what 92.3 K-Rock or whatever they're calling it these Thank days God. is bringing in. Right. How about this? It just doesn't make sense. How about in sports you get paid every year based upon what you do, production. Right. God no one, forbid we actually did that. Or, listen, no one's in the stands, less money. Well, how about this one? Francisco Lindor is looking at 10 years, $325 million. What if he's not good in year five? He won't be good. And he'll be, and the Mets will be stuck paying him $32.5 million a year. It really is. It's, it is a fascinating debate conversation because it's mind-numbing, and we've taken it past the break. So let's take a quick one. We'll hmm. step aside. When we come back, we can continue with this or other stuff that other Al things. has. We'll do other as things. As well. Excellent. And then Boomer and Geo can argue about it coming up at 6 on the fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Al and Jerry, let's talk more rock. All right, 25 after 5, what's up? Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Opening day tomorrow. Very excited for that as the uh, Yankees are supposed to play in the afternoon, but the weather looks terrible. We'll see. And the Mets will open tomorrow night. Jacob deGrom, how about this, uh, Al? Jacob deGrom says he's nervous. That's he's amazing nervous. to me. That's what he said. He goes, it doesn't matter how many times you do it. A couple days prior, I'm nervous. That's amazing to me. 
I'm feeling a lack of buzz this opening day. Okay, I'm very excited about it, but I got gotcha. you. But is there a palpable buzz in the air as previous years? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, listen, all I can tell you is I was out last night with our, our my baseball team. We had a game in Matawan. Oh, the field you came and watched us at, actually, when you used to live in Matawan. Uh, we were there last night. I, we were actually talking about it. So I don't know. Is it palpable? I think it would be different if the Mets were opening at home at City Field and it was a sunny day and the Yankees had a sunny day at Yankee Stadium. But if there's not for you, I get it. I'm, I'm sick I'm of into sports. <laughs> well, we know that. Was that a tape, Eddie? <laughs> that oh, that's I'm tape. sick of sports. Yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know. I get it. I, did, I don't feel a buzz with opening day. That's fair. I, mean, I don't know why. Even listening to Evan, who cannot, he's so excited about it. I know you listen I, to a lot of that show. I had someone within uh, the company say to me, do you feel a buzz about opening day? I said, I don't. Okay. I'm you're right. I know Evan it. talks about but but Evan gets excited about like lots of things that like Nets Rockets tonight. Yeah, Nets Rockets, <laughs> dudes jumping off the top rope. I can't I can't not try I can pin it all on uh, Evan's excitement for it. Right. Now the Yankees will be able to sell ten thousand eight hundred fifty tickets for yeah. each of their first eleven home games. Good start. Fans will need a negative COVID test or proof of vaccination. Mm-hmm. They're also going to do temperature checks, and I did look into this. Butt thermometers. They are not butt thermometers. Stop I don't it. Know. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, that, that no, they're doing stop temperature, it. Temperature checks before you get into the stadium. Butt thermometers no, are the most no. reliable. Isn't that the China airport? Isn't that where they're doing that? Well, those they're doing butt swabs. Oh, God. All right, butt swabs. They're not doing that at Yankee Stadium, but they're doing butt They are not doing butt thermometers. Stop it. Just to double check. They're going to scan your head and knock it off. Don't don't freak people out. <laughs> Imagine Good. if there was a, like a line and just people with their <laughs> their pants unbuckled looking <laughs> waiting to get their temperature checked. No, I couldn't. <laughs> oh, my God. Only you. Do you think they still sell butt thermometers? Like if I go to Amazon right now. Well, Isn't it just a regular it. thermometer that you put no. Vaseline on? No, no, no. There was a you had to have a different thermometer for your butt. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with this. We never did this in my do house. I, do I write butt thermometer or is there a more technical term? Anal thermometer? Butt thermometer for babies. And that comes up. Uh well there's oral thermometers, that's what I mean. You can't uh they call it uh body thermometer. That could go under if the armpit, looking. though, too, no? Exactly, right. Digital uh, for oral rectal underarm fever check. Oh, God. I mean, in this day and age, we're still doing this? Yeah, well, it's the most accurate. That's what my doctor said when I was a kid, but that was 50 That years was when ago. you were a kid. Yeah, it was 50 It was fifty years ago. What's the new one that we call that, the, the really cool one? I even have one at home. The, Exigen temporal yes. thermometer. Yes. Yeah. That's a good thermometer. thermometer. Yes. Like, if you had the option to go mouth- uh, under your armpit or the butt, the butt would be last. Why is that even an option? It wouldn't be. It never has been in my house. What about Yankee Stadium? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm going to pass. Or City oh. Field or Citizens Bank Ballpark. Get your thermometer away from my rear end. You could get a thermometer that you shoot at your forehead digital readout for $15. Yeah, what I a know. bargain. Yeah, I don't know. I would be concerned about you the would. accuracy of that. Like the Exergen one, I feel like I do believe. What's in, that one cost me? I, I don't even sell it on Amazon. I have it. I want to say that's in the range of sixty to seventy dollars. Oh, it's a good thermometer, though. Yeah, I bet. I have one at home. The uh, okay temporal scanner. There's they have the ear thermometers, but they'll put the thermometer in any opening you got just to check your check. Well, the, I don't know about you, but my do- <laughs> that's how when I go to the doctor's office for my physical, that's how they take my temperature oh, now yes. is the ear. Yes, mine too. Yep. See that. <laughs> No, I not in like, the butt. <laughs> I feel like the ear is the most accurate. Why? More so than the forehead? Yeah, I don't try uh, forehead. I don't trust that. The ear, at least, it's in your body. Your mouth, if you have a cold drink of water or a hot tea, you're going to throw off your temperature. How about this? Don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have a nice hot tea right before I get my. <laughs> well, you, I guess you're trying to stay home from school. <laughs> <laughs> what I like, Jerry, is a nice piece of pizza out of the oven and a hot tea. <laughs> <laughs> and a hot pepper. It really gets <laughs> the fire pepper. going in your mouth. And then I put it right under my tongue to get a real accurate description. <laughs> now, the NFL says they expect full stadiums for the season. Yeah, That's this, pretty cool. Th- I mean, it's cool to expect it, and I guess yeah. shoot for the moon. Why not? 
I would be thrilled if we were at 50% capacity by the fall. I really would. And I think that's probably going to be more realistic. I think we're still going to be in a slow build. I think we'll be almost there. I just don't see. And I'm not saying there won't be stadiums that won't have, like, (laughs) I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, the way the Rangers are doing it in baseball, if the Cowboys and the Texans had 100% capacity with what's going on in Texas. That's fine. But if you told me you had 50% capacity in Vegas and, and Santa Clara and here, I'd great. If you could put 40,000, 50,000 fans back in the seats or 35, whatever half is, that to me would be great progress. But I see they're already dropping the age to 16 in a lot of places to get the vaccine. So, And th- and this is only, you know, tomorrow's only April 1st. Yeah. We still have a lot of months before we hit football. I think we're going full capacity. Maybe we will. I, You know what? I hope so. I hope so. But if you, But as I said, my guess would be if it was 50%, I'd be thrilled. And give me 100% by the time we get to the playoffs. Now, Roger Goodell did say this. I don't know if you saw this, but thermometer checks, though. At the he, no, he did not say that. Gate, and there's the no gate. audio of Roger Goodell. That bothers me. <laughs> Would he whisper it to somebody in their ear? No, it was on a um, – they had the, the owners, I guess, run a video conference with him, oh. and no one released any of the video, which is surprising. Usually someone has it and posts it. I can't find it. I'm not saying it's not there, but I can't find it. Now, another thing that came out of the Roger Goodell uh, stuff was that the NFL could play a game in Germany – as soon as next season, not this season coming up, the following season. And Robert Kraft is particularly interested in, and volunteered the Patriots. Did he really? Yeah. See, I did see with all they oh, want to yeah. play games in Canada, South America, you mentioned Germany, all these different international games they want to play. Um, Europe, uh, London, of course. The one thing that was interesting was he said every team is going to be required to do an international game. I I remember if he said every four years or every eight, I forget, but you are going yeah. to be requ- required to play an international game at some point. I want to play in Australia. That's enough with these. I hate these international. Like it's, I like the Sunday morning when we get up and there's, it's like in California, you get up at 9 a.m. and there's football. It's kind of neat once in a while. Yes. But it's like, eh, it's enough. Some of field issues in Mexico like they had, they had to cancel a game. It's like, come on, just play the games here. What if we did an NFL game in Australia but went by Australian rules football like it used to be on ESPN years ago? Well, that would be rugby. Yeah, like rugby type situation. I'd be in for that. That'd be fun. Wouldn't you love to watch NFL teams play Australian rules football? And not know the rules? Yes, that would be cool. Take the helmets off. (laughs) Use that that football that's kind of like the shape of a basketball. Yeah, well, it's a cross between the basketball and the football. It's like that egg thing. Yeah, the egg thing. I always seem fun, but God, I don't understand people don't break their back playing that yeah, game. Yeah, when we first got ESPN in like 1983, that's like all they had it was rugby or Australian <laughs> Australian rules football. rules football. And I sat there and watched that like a dope. Well, because it was that new was, and it was fun. That's true. It was exciting. The cable guy was at our house for nine hours. I mean, not for nothing, Al. You go back to this time last year, I was watching Korean baseball on Twitter. That is true. You were watching Korean baseball. And, like, didn't mind watching it. I looked forward to a live game, even with cardboard cutouts in the crowd. That was all there was. So, yeah, I get you watching rugby 25, 30, 40 years ago, of course. Plus, cable TV was cool back then. Like, when you first got cable TV, it was like, oh, my gosh, look at all these channels. Did you have the remote, the the wired remote, that you would (laughs) click down three levels the yeah. top, yeah, right. The top level would be two to thirteen, and then four. Like USA, if I remember correctly, was the third level all the way down, first button on the left. Yep, and then they would they'd give you the overlay to uh, to to put the sticker on your on the box That's, so you knew what was what. Yes, and Sports Channel was thirty three on my uh, on my. I don't know why I remember that on my and if, cable. And if you went to the top level and and punched in two, four, and seven, I believe you get. Uh, a crooked-looking Playboy channel. What do you mean? Wouldn't you get two, four, or seven when he's? I don't get it. No, you'd push all the buttons down at the same time, the three of them. Oh, and you'd get the scrambled porn? And you'd get the scrambled. Well, it was not full-on pornography. It was uh, nudes. That was really what we had, though. Yeah, and it was, you know, it'd be like weird green colors and wavy. Could you imagine? Probably why I wear glasses today. Could you imagine if Al Dukes from 1983... Yeah was put in a time machine right at the moment that you were trying to scramble the TV. And instead, you got out of the time machine and you got a 40-inch flat screen with Pornhub on it. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how things have changed. My head would have exploded. (laughs) And other things. (laughs) 
All right, 25 in front of six. On that note, we'll step aside for just a second. When we come back, we've got more. And then uh, Boomer and Geo kick off your Wednesday right here on The Fan. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I love this song. Very nice. Mm. <laughs> a lot of nerve. <laughs> well done Come for on. a moment there. How about this for an opening night temperature and conditions? You ready for this? Mets Nationals tomorrow night. First pitch, 42 degrees, 25 mile an hour winds. Yeah, I'm not watching that. that I'm not brutal. watching cold baseball. Could be worse if you had to play in it. Or sitting it. Oh, my God. Because that's opening day. They'll have whatever their capacity is of 10,000. I would think you will have 10,000 people. I hate night baseball in April. I really do. I wish they would just play during the day. It just, ugh, this is what got Mike, Mike Pelfrey licking his fingers and hands all these years ago was opening day in Cincinnati. The Mets are in Cincinnati. Freezing cold. It was freezing cold. The guy was licking his hands like a crazy All right, here's my question to you. I, I don't know this. MLB, I'm going to check the schedule for tomorrow. Are The the fact that the Twins didn't put a dome on that new stadium is so stupid. <laughs> no, Minnesota's beautiful, Jerry. It's uh, <laughs> not, not this, this time, time of year. year. Uh, they're they're in to Milwaukee. shovel the dugouts. Uh, don't you think all these games should start on the West Coast or in domes? Yes. It makes no sense to have East Coast games the first, the last week of March, first week of April. I don't even think we should have East Coast teams. Just put everyone where it's warm weather. So you don't want the Mets anymore here? No, want the Mets. Don't want the Yankees. Let's put them all in the warm weather or dome everything up, like you said, Jerry. Let's get a bunch of domes over here. Okay. Do you think you, from, go ahead. Do you think you could buy a dome and put it on top of the Mets and Yankees uh, stadiums? You could. I don't think you can buy a dome on Amazon, but could you get a company to come in and dome it? Sure. Yeah. Of course you could. You'd have to reconfigure be, things, but yeah. Would it cost more or less to put a dome on City Field than what Francisco Lindor wants? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about that? He might cost more. <laughs> right. It'd be in the same ballpark. We can either build a whole new stadium or pay Francisco Lindor <laughs> to probably be average. I have, a, I have a legit question for you, and I mean this sincerely, and you can yell at me on Twitter all the hell you want. I don't care. So he's going to make eventually, let's say, let's just say he said, fine, I'll take the $325 million. He's going to make $32 million a year. Is he, I know he's a great player. I'm not saying he's not. Does he make them that much better he does not than no the kid Jimenez who's going to start at shortstop for the Indians no. that they gave up nobody matters that's what we're learning well, today well, I mean they One, do matter but it's no no who matters that much a quarterback in football that's it uh yes that's as long matters. as he's got good receivers and see football is tricky I, I I disagree with that it matters for sure but for God's sakes man if you got guys that can't catch it's and you got to you know anybody can play deep. Ask Peyton how many Super Bowls do you think Peyton Manning should have won if he would have had a defense? I'm many serious Super about Bowls. that. Right. Instead, he's got how many with the Colts? One. One. For the greatness of Peyton Manning, he won one Super Bowl with the Colts because you can't outscore a team every single week. And so you're right. It's a it's an incredibly important position, maybe the most important position in sports. And yet, at the end of the day. If you don't get the pieces around you, it don't mean jack squat diddly poo. I still think it's better to pay a regular everyday player than pay a pitcher who pitches once every five I games and agreed. then and barely and you know th- so many games he's not even a factor in. Right, Trevor Bauer is going to make a million dollars a start. What about the other hundred and twenty-two games? Right, right. I, I agree. You're right. You're not wrong. Hmm. Complicated, Al. Jerry, did you see the Utah Jazz had to turn their flight around? They yeah. smashed into a whole bunch of birds. A flock of seagulls. Wasn't that a band, Flock of Seagulls? Yeah. That flock freaks me out. Traveling as much as I do with Rutgers, and I like to personally travel, that that always scares me. Why do these birds fly at the airplanes? Yep. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know that they're flying at the plane as much as yeah. the plane flies into them. Don't they see it coming? There's nothing else up in the sky. I don't know. I saw a deer in the middle of the street today. It saw me coming. It ran the other way. Yeah, sometimes the deer, they say, deer in the headlights, freezes. Yeah, this one did not freeze. This one took off, thankfully. That's good. As I was slowing down because I did see him. I, in New thing, York City, you saw a deer? That would be wild. No, actually, it was in uh, it was in Jersey. There was no deer if, in New York City. It'd be great if you just saw a deer wandering around New York City. What is the craziest wild? What was the craziest wild animal we've seen in New York City? I feel like it was recent. Eddie, you'd a be good wild animal yeah. in New York City. This coyote. is only a coyote, and that has happened. Yes, yeah, yes. That would be crazy. A coyote running down Broadway. You know what the problem though is I would think it's a dog. Me too. Adorable I know. too. He's a who's a good boy. This coyote, and then he takes your arm off, or, or just bites your bald head off. Right. Who's a good boy? Yeah. Who's a good coyote boy? Yeah, why don't you try that? <laughs> Who's a good boy? <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals have um, signed a guy who I wish. Oh, you're already off the flock of seagulls. Flock of seagulls. I wish I could have a career like this guy, Colt McCoy. This is, but this is this. Al to the nth degree. Ooh. Everything you have had that you have dreamt about your <laughs> entire life. I've wanted. Because not only is it the position. Yep. Not only is it not going to be called upon to do a damn thing, nope. but look at where you're going to live. Jerry, this guy started in 2010. This is 2021. That's 11 years. He has played in 44 games in 11 years. Oh, yeah. This is unbelievable. What a career. Cleveland, San Fran. Washington, the Giants, and now... That's it. You buried the lead. Where's he playing, Al? Now he gets to retire to Arizona. That's awesome. Back up Kyler Murray. Awesome. I mean, you got to be a guy that's not going to be expected to do anything, and he gets to live in Arizona. Oh, Oh, my goodness. In the winter. (sighs) It sounds lovely, doesn't it? He's thrown a a career-high 30 touchdowns. Is it 30 touchdowns? 30 touchdowns, Jerry. To 28 interceptions. For his career, you're saying? For his career. Right. Yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, when he retires, he is going to have thrown, you know, 30, 35 touchdown passes in his career. Yeah. And he's going to be from city to I actually... What a career, Jerry. I really do wish at some point I could hop around and live in different cities. I'm not going to, probably. But I think it would be neat every few years if you could be placed there by your job to see a different city and experience different areas of the country. I just looked at Colt McCoy's Twitter following. Guy's 101,000. What is he? Who's following Colt McCoy? 101,000 people, that's who. 101,000. It's a good number. To do what? I don't know. Is he a good, uh, does he post a lot? No. How do you know? Do you follow him? I'm glancing. I'm glancing Oh, you're glancing. Okay. I mean, he's just like a regular uh, athlete. Yeah. Nothing exciting. He had a good college career, though. And if you think about when Twitter hit, like, does it say when he joined Twitter? 2011, 10 years ago. Right. right. So, you're right. Let's say he picks up 10,000 people every time he changes cities. That's like 40,000 people right there. I suppose. That doesn't surprise. Actually, it's a light number when I think about it. Adam Schefter follows him, Jerry, in case you were wondering. I'm sure he does. That doesn't surprise me. Hmm. You know, I mean, and again, he was Texas, correct? Yes. Colt McCoy. So think about the following he had when he came out of that. That's true. You hit Twitter in 2011, which was relatively, I don't want to say new, but I feel it was getting getting popular at that point. It was. That's when I joined, Jerry, 2011. Here would be the question I'd have for you. At what point did his follower number skyrocket? Was it right when he joined, or has it just been a steady build over the last 10 years? Like a compiler. I say it's a steady, a steady, steady build compiler, both in on his Twitter feed and in his career. I say in 2012, he had a skyrocket of, of followers. That's what I say. Do you think he, when he's like, they want him to come to Arizona, do you think he looks at the starting quarterback and, is, and tries to pick a team where he doesn't think <laughs> the guy's going to get hurt? <laughs> let's That's go what back, I would do. Let's go back to how we started the morning and competitive <laughs> spirit. I, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I think he looks at, I can live in Arizona and get paid $3 million to do nothing. I'm in. Right. That he's sounds like, okay. Awesome. Then, 
Then maybe in training camp, what I do is I say to Kyler Murray, maybe don't run so much. <laughs> Self-preservation. <laughs> what if he did this? Run out of bounds sometimes and get rid of the ball. Just be a pocket passer. If you want to have a very you... long career. <laughs> I don't need you running around getting hurt and making me come in the game. No, no. This team doesn't need you getting hurt and me coming right. into this game. <laughs> right. You All don't right. want to see Colt McCoy running out there. Final break of the hour. Boomer and Geo after we wrap things up following this um, we have an Odyssey Sports Minute. Oh. And it's Amy Lawrence discussing the NFL's new schedule. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, a couple more minutes till we get you to the top. As UCLA won again last night, Gonzaga won last night, Nixonette's back in action this evening, Rangers won too. What else you got, Al? I see all these stories that Michael Strahan has fixed the uh, gap between his teeth. Yes, wasn't that a hoax? But I th- yeah, I think well, it's a temporary thing that a dentist gave him to show him what it would look like to fix the gap between his uh-huh. teeth. Ha! And then some people thought it was like some sort of April Fool's joke, which he clearly was a few days early on. Right. Uh, so they don't think he's really fixing the gap between his teeth, since that really is his like. Signature look. The signature look. It's like David Letterman. Gap between the teeth. Yeah, his signature look now is looking like a guy who lives uh, in a forest in a, some log cabin. <laughs> what has he done to himself? He does look like the Unabomber. He looks homeless. Yeah, he's got the giant beard like he's living in the woods. Like, I was watching James Harden. I watch his press conferences, and he sits there, and he and he, and he rubs the beard. And yeah. it's just like... Food's got to get caught in that. Yes, it's got to stink. After, ugh, gross. Yeah, and that David Letterman does that. David Letterman has that, Jerry. You never think of how much hair they have on their face and how little you have on your head. Well, Letterman does not have a lot of hair on his uh, on his head either. So his main part is the beard. Whenever he's asked about the beard, he says that he. Felt like he had to shave every day for work. Swung on and hit high in the air to deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone.